I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 532 of the Chuck and Brad podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. I thought it was only 532. Yeah, I think so. Last week was 531. Okay, all right. I thought it was. So I thought it was a little bit more than the that. sequence. Yeah. Of numbers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. All right. I got you. What's going on? How you doing, buddy? Oh, it's been a day, man. It has been a day. I know you're stressed out at work. I am. I am. Um, How are you? I'm I'm okay. I feel like my past few weeks have been really running around. I feel like I'm in a mad dash until uh, our Dark Knight show on Sunday, August fifteenth, which we'll talk about in one second. I am currently uh, in a car driving to New York City, the big city, the big cheese is what they call it when you get there. That's what everyone calls it. Yeah, they say welcome to the I big cheese. Th- I remember <laughs> the video game. Big Apple, three a.m. That's from Turtles in Time. Uh, but I'm driving there. You are at your house in Warren. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was like, let's utilize this time. They call um, my house the little the little cheese. The little <laughs> cheese on the prairie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, the farmer in the dell. Does that have to do with cheese, too? That does yeah, have the cheese Yeah, the it. cheese stands alone. Oh, uh, the cheese stands alone. What does that mean, you think? Uh, the you, farmer you in know the dell. It describes my apartment pretty accurately. <laughs> uh, we got some cheese to talk about tonight. But, uh so listen, let's let's talk about this because I, I got to be honest, I'm getting a little nervous. We're doing our first live show back after the pandemic. Chuck and Brad returned to the stage uh, at the Comedy Connection in East Providence, Rhode Island. We are doing um, our very weird, bizarre show. Uh, it's, we do a show called Bradley Drawn, and this time we're doing The Dark Knight Bradley Drawn, Christopher Nolan's classic film. Um, but we do a bit where we take every scene from a movie. Brad's a terrible artist. He draws every scene. I write a new narration of the movie um, based on what his drawings look like to me. And it's a great, fun comedy show. We've been doing it for a couple years. We've done it with Avengers, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Spider-Man. And we are finally doing it with The Dark Knight to celebrate the release of Suicide Squad. Um, And we're headlining the Comedy Connection in East Providence, Rhode Island with this on Sunday, August 15th, along with stand-up comedy from Ray Harrington, Katie Arroyo, and John Tilson. It's going to be a very fun time, and we're hoping people will come out. Here's the problem. I feel like we were getting momentum with yep. all the shows that we do, uh, the Comedy Connection for a while, and then all of a sudden the world shut down for I don't know how many years, a couple years. And, uh, like seven, I think. Yeah, I think it, was, it felt like seven. That's my guess. Uh, but it shut down for a while, so this is our first show back, so I'm nervous about getting people out. I hope people come out. Um, if you haven't bought tickets or you think you might come out and you want to buy tickets, please do go to chuckandbradpodcast.com and you will find the ticket info as well as the event info. And also, um, if you're thinking about it, if you're considering it, come out. Just come, yeah. just come the fuck out. We need people be, to come it'll out. It'll be a fun time. It's going to be a really fun time. I know my buddy Frank Five from the Tell Him Steve Dave group is uh, possibly going to be there with Mrs. Five. That would be fun if they got to come. I hope they do get to come. Oh, that'd be great. Um, yeah. But uh, it's going to be a fun time. Definitely come out. If you're in the Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut area, buy tickets. Make a day of it. Providence, that whole area has a lot of great places to eat. Get some great food. If you want some recs, recommendations, hit me up. 
uh, on Twitter and Instagram, wherever, and I'll give you some recs. But come on out to the show Sunday, August 15th at the Comedy Connection in Providence, East Providence, Rhode Island, chuckandbradpodcast.com for all info. Um, come out to the show. Sorry, I just had to push that up front because I'm nervous about the turnout. I'm, I'm starting to get nervous. I am too. You know, you talked about us getting momentum as, as performers and getting right. our name out there. I feel right. like we had momentum as a country in terms of like, ah, we're opening up. We're getting away from, uh, from people getting sick. And now people are like, ah, we're getting sick again. And I'm like, stop doing that. Yeah, I know. You know what? I'm going to say this. Guaranteed, come to our show, never get COVID. That's what I say. Everyone, okay, hold on. I'm driving. Um, <laughs> everyone at our show, here's a guarantee. Everyone at our show, first of all, you get a free vaccine when you come through the door. It's going to be administered by Ray Harrington, um, and we have a wheel of vaccines. There's Pfizer, Moderna's, and then what's the other one? Johnson & Johnson. We also Johnson have like polio vaccines. We have well, smallpox vaccines. Then we have the one that you and I came up with. Yes. It's mostly Alfredo sauce. Yeah. That's the main ingredient, and yeah, we don't really know don't if it want works. That one. <laughs> that is- yeah, but you got to spin. Hey, but if you spin the wheel, you got to stick with the vaccine you want. You got That's right. True. Whatever you get, you get what you get. You don't get upset, right? That's, That's the correct. same. I, you, except you get what you get, and if you get our Alf- Alfredo vaccine, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get what you get, and you might be dead. Um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, we we know we've been. I've been really traveling a lot recently. Have you noticed? Yeah, I have. And uh, as, as I've been sitting alone, waiting for my, <laughs> my dear friend. <laughs> it's been a lot. I mean, I was filming, I filmed over the course of 12 days. I had to be filming nine of them in New Jersey. And going back and forth from Jersey and Rhode Island was a lot. Um, and uh, I'm back. I'm back to New York to film with uh, Mark Norman, Tuesdays with Stories. I'm going down because he's recording his Netflix special tomorrow. We're, you know, we're recording this this podcast on Tuesday the 4th. So he's doing his Netflix special on August the 5th and Wait, tomorrow. Today's Tuesday the 3rd. Oh, when? yeah. Wednesday the 4th. Sorry. Okay. We're recording on Tuesday the 3rd. Wednesday the 4th is his Netflix special. And we're doing some filming tomorrow. We're going to do a documentary about it. Um, and honestly, uh, I love this guy. He's a great guy. He's become one of my friends, and I'm so proud of him for this and happy for him, and I'm excited to be there. So I had to be there for this. So I'm, I'm driving down to New York again, um, and I will drive down tonight. I'll get there around 1030-ish. I'll stay in the hotel. I'll be at his house tomorrow at like 11, and then uh, we're going to film some stuff during the day, film the documentary, go to the Netflix special, party all night. Then I'm going to go back to my hotel, go to sleep, wake up early, drive home, pick up Brad, pick up my girlfriend Gina, pick up her brother Nick, and you and I and Nick and Gina are going to head to Boston to go to Fenway Pack to go see Green Day, Weezer, uh, Fall Out Boy, and The Interrupters for the Hella Mega Tour. So this is going to be quite a week. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of a lot. I kind of have a lot on my plate, but that's okay. Oh, and the Frank Five video came out today that I just finished, which we'll get to. I'll talk about that in a minute. I work for the podcast Tell Him Steve Dave. We came out with a big video today that's getting a lot of uh, positive response. We'll talk about that in a second. But man, I feel like I feel like the past month of my life has been pretty busy, right? I think so too. Um, you know, I, I look at like how you weren't there for me on my birthday, and <laughs> oh, wait, 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 who organized the great birthday party for you? I mean, you know. You and Gina. 
Uh, it was mostly record. me. Yeah, but, you know, Gina came through with the, the, the pinch hit single in the bottom of the night. What was that? That was our rain plan. Oh, it was a Pizza J. Yeah. Yeah, I had to go film. Well, it was the opening weekend of Smodcastle, Kevin Smith's podcast venue in uh, Leonardo, New Jersey, um, for Brad's birthday. So I had to go down and film all weekend with my good buddy, Josh Rosh, great new friend. Um Hang out with my buddies Christian Cords and Ernie O'Donnell. It was a, a wonderful weekend with, with Mr. Smith. Great time. Um, but uh, yeah, it was that was happened to be your birthday. So as soon as we came back, we made a nice plan, and we were supposed to go to a food truck night, but unfortunately got rained out. So we went to a restaurant in Providence called Pizza J last minute, and I gotta say, I think it worked out pretty well. I do too. It was good. It was good. Pretty pizza. eclectic group of people too, which is fun. Yes. That's what I like yeah. to see. So I thought that was a good time. Um, but yeah, no, I've been back and forth and, and also we've been working on this Dark Knight show because not only do we do this headlining bit where, you know, Brad's going to redraw all the scenes and then we're going to have to write a whole script about it. And then, you know, it's that, it's that whole thing. Not only is it that, but we like to write like a really fun opening thing that's kind of out of left field. And we, we've been writing one recently. And I, first of all, I think it's maybe our best opening thing. That we've written, right? I, I yeah, I, I think it uh, it does a great job. Like I think it's just funny, like a self-contained yeah. funny funny bit. Yeah, like I th- if this was airing on like Conan or SNL or something as a sketch, I'd be very proud of it. Um, but we've been working on that really hard, and that's kind of in in some ways it's even harder than the headlining bit. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there, there's we're not starting anywhere. The headlining bit is like, well, we built this framework for Brad draws all the scenes. I write this narration, and that framework is there, so we have a place to start. But when we, when we write our opening bit to the night, because we come out and we open the night with something, it could be anything. So we kind of just have to come up with something um, with no guidance and no like pre-existing, um, you know, built-in sort of you know roller coaster track. We're just building our own new roller coaster of comedy. Um, well said. Yeah, thanks. But it's been but it's been tough. So I'm trying to stay on top of everything. A lot of videos, a lot of filmings, a lot of writing. Man, it's just it seems like I'm gonna have to quit my job working for uh, working for Staten's Landscaping once a week, huh? I don't know. You were uh, you were taking care of stuff this afternoon. I was I was working on stuff today, but man, my my time is becoming tight. I work one day a week at my dad's landscaping company, and it is becoming hard to fit everything into my schedule. But that's okay. We're fitting the podcast in today, podcasting from the road. It's almost exciting, isn't it? Exciting? It is. It is. It's uh it you know, it's this fun new thing and uh you know, we we've we've done remote like oh, we're in different places before, but never when one of us is moving. You so, know what? You want to hear something interesting? Of course. There is a lost Chuck and Brad podcast that we recorded just like this on the road. Um with me driving with the Roadcaster Pro in my front seat, and me and you did like an hour of just talking, like to test it, and yeah. we just had a great time talking. Man, and there's I a lot of there's a lot of laughs. That. Yeah, right. I know, um, but yeah, we you know, to me, as long as we can keep the co- the quality really good, I think this is actually kind of a fun way to do it because I use my time on the road, and uh, we don't have to miss anything. I actually yeah. thought about the idea of like, would it be fun to take the recorder to the concert this week and just on the way back from the show me you gina and nick podcast about the show you know yes it would be fun but is it is it uh 
I, you know, you're going to be so tired. <laughs> I've not, I don't know if there's a lot of podcasts where I'm too tired to be like funny and entertaining, but yeah. we'll see. Let's see if it's the first one. Um, anyway, so last week we talked about, well, we answered a bunch of listener emails and we talked about Loki and Black Widow and the Jackass trailer. Um, we do have a couple more emails this week, right? Oh, we have a, a, a quite a few emails. Oh, no. I think we only have like two or three. No? No, no. We got a bunch. No. All right. Let, well, you got to be in charge of them because I'm looking at well, the I'm, road I'm right now. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at them. All right. Good. So so give me our first email. Look, if you want to write us, write us at chuckandbrad at gmail.com or find the email link on chuckandbradpodcast.com. But let's answer some emails. What do we got, Brad? All right. We're actually going back to uh, July 21st, which is 13 days ago. Okay. Um, it's called Greetings from the Spam Folter. It's from our friend Matt B. He said, hey, guys, man, I was all over that bonus podcast from the mail sack. Your Friday the 13th talk led me down a binge of your older podcasts. I listened to the Friday the 13th franchise flashback and then went back and listened to all the Halloween episodes. Wow. All the, those are some of our favorite episodes. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I dug the ex-girlfriend talk with the guys, but couldn't help but notice a quality that Chuck shares with Army Hammer. One of the reasons his ex gave for being uncomfortable was some of Chuck's pillow talk about eating her insides. I'm paraphrasing here. <laughs> Chuck, when will you and Army Hammer be making a reservation for two? Uh, I'm just teasing, just to throw back to one of your recent episodes from earlier this year. I believe you even said you've made similar remarks as light terms of endearment. But now there's proof. Yes, Last it's true. thing, Chuck, you've told me you wouldn't mind plugging a project of mine, so I'm going to take full advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, this is from our, our friend Matt. Uh, he yeah. said, my short Savage... We'll yes. be playing in Las Vegas, Nevada at the AOF Megafest, July 26th to August 1st. So we actually missed that. So we didn't okay. get to plug it. But oh, no. If you, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way. I wish oh. I had a firm date and time, but due to the nature of this festival, they tend to update as they go along, but the shorts play in a block, and they're catching up and doing two years' worth of submissions since last year was canceled. I recommend any filmmakers submit to this fest. They are great at responding and keeping in touch and generally accept most submissions. The website isn't very user-friendly and leaves some, something to be desired, but I've had fun going to Vegas and watching my movies there two years running. This would be my third year participating. So we missed plugging uh, Matt's short film, Savage. So Damn. we're going to see if we can get another way for people to, to view that or another, another time or a place that will be playing right. so, uh, so we can support uh, a Chuby. Yeah, Matt Bonta, when you, uh, if you get another um, air date, hit us up. Uh, Put urgent in the subject line, and when you send us an email, chuckandbrad@gmail.com, and we'll make sure we read it on the next episode. It's just that sometimes we get in a flood of listener email. We want to listen. We want to answer everybody. So obviously, for the past month, we've been peppering in all the emails, and we even did an entire email episode to handle it. But sometimes we don't get to them in uh, in time. So write me, chuckandbrad@gmail.com, and we'll make sure we read the next one immediately. All right, next email from Daniel T. It's a link to an article from avclub.com, and it's called The Rock Turns His Back on Family Values. Oh, no. Uh, So basically, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson starred as Luke Hobbs in several of the Fast and Furious films, including the spinoff Hobbs and Shaw, Mm -hmm. and uh, definitely comments make it seem like he will not be back for Fast and Furious 10 Part 1 or Fast and Furious 10 Part 2. Uh, in part because Vin Diesel was talking about Fast Five, and he right. basically said, "Oh yeah, like The Rock's performance was was tough, but I was tough on him. I gave him tough love as a director, and right. he came around." And The Rock kind of laughed it off. 
And yeah, uh, like in fact, he said, I laughed and I laughed hard. I think everyone had a laugh at that and I'll yeah. leave it at that. And then I wish them well. I wish them well on Fast 9 and I wish them the best of luck on Fast 10 and wow. Fast 11 and the rest of the Fast and Furious movies that they, wow. will, that they do will be without me. Can I just say something? Yes, please. All right. When Robert Downey Jr. was like in between Iron Man movies and, and Hugh Jackman was in between Wolverine movies, they would go in, on press tours and they'd be like, yeah, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm getting old. Who knows if I'm going to do another one? I don't know if this might be my last. And they would do that, I think, because then it's like the studio's would when they have to re-up their contracts it's like they kind of think like oh he might not come back i know it's kind of sounds artificial but right they think he might not come back so uh the actors have a little bit more of a bargaining chip um you know i guess uh, i think i think that so i think that if 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 you know does this mean the rock is definitely not in fast and furious 10 part one and part two i don't think it means that i think it means that he's posturing that in public because may- maybe that means that Universal is going to give him an extra $3 million to, to come back. You know what I mean? You don't think there's any beef between him and, uh, and, and Vin? I think that there's... I'll put it this way. You know, <laughs> like the, a Wendy's Baconator, there's not that much beef. But okay. maybe like a White Castle Slider amount of beef. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? There might be just a tiny bit of beef where it's just like, eh, these guys are like, eh. And like, you know, I'll say it like... They're two meatheads, and meatheads, when you, t- you slap two meats together, they're just not going to, you know what I mean? It's tough. The two meats might have some slime. You yeah, know what I'm talking about? It's, it's, yeah, it always happens to me when I'm talking about books with people. Yes, yes. That, but, you know, I think you can make an Italian grinder out of this, and they can come back together and make a delicious sandwich. Okay. I, uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's not definite just from this. I think this is just his public persona. This is just his public-facing uh, yeah, Vin Diesel is annoying and I'm not going to go back. Right. Because then Universal will be like, come on, come back. You have to come back. Come on, what if we give you more money? Okay. That's my thought. All right. What do you think? Uh, I hope that's the case. I, I, I think The Rock's charisma adds something, and I think the idea of bringing back as many people as possible from this ridiculous, uh, ridiculously wonderful franchise is a good yes. thing. Yes, me too. That's how I feel. Yeah. Um... All right, what else we got for emails? From Zane Desjardins. Oh, I like this guy. Hey, Chuck and Brad. Just wanted to say a quick thank you for the shout-out while you were reading another listener's email. Yes, I did start a binge of all the Fast and Furious movies and Better Luck Tomorrow. I stopped after 6 because 7, 8, and Hobbs and Shaw I remember seeing more recently, but I honestly could not remember a lot of the plot from 1 through 6. Of all the movies Mm. I watched, Better Luck Tomorrow was indeed my favorite, but when it comes to the actual Fast and Furious franchise that is technically in canon... I don't know why, but I have a real soft spot for Tokyo Drift over any of the other wow. movies. Interesting. Wow. Also, when it comes, yeah. Also, when it comes to the increased price of the chicken breast question, because you asked that, you had gone to a local eatery and they raised the price of their uh, grilled chicken breast or lemon chicken breast or something by a, a significant yeah. amount, and you were like, "Oh, what do I do? Do I want to go back there if it's this expensive?" Right. Uh, yeah. What I do when I don't realize something was more expensive than I thought and have to pay for it is. Let my crippling anxiety take over and try to figure out if I'm going to be able to pay my cell phone bill and rent because of this purchase. Would not recommend <laughs> doing that. Uh, also, <laughs> so that's, that's, a, that's a life unhack. Um, also, I have a sports question for Brad. That's me. 
I've yes. heard I've heard you talk on the podcast about being a big Chicago Bears fan. I'm not the biggest football fan, but I am a massive mm-hmm. baseball fan, so I'm just curious. That was my cat knocking something over. Uh, Cubs or yeah. White Sox? Sorry if this email was too long. It wasn't. Thank you for the entertainment you bring me every week. I will continue to share on all platforms, and I'll be a loyal Chuby for life. Uh, Zane, I, yes. I am a White Sox guy. Uh, in part mm-hmm. because I grew up, my little league would, you know, we'd take our, our big, like, whole league trip to the White Sox game because White Sox tickets were less expensive than Cubs tickets. Mm. Because the Cubs were like, oh, we're lovable losers. And the White Sox were like, we're just losers. So, I wish I could go back and put some money on the Cubbies. Yeah. That? Yeah, I do. Like the future. Yeah, he would have been a year off because they won it in 2016. Yeah. Right. And uh, right. they just Pretty had a good. fire sale. They traded off all their good guys uh, for, for prospects. Really? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been a White Sox guy and got to see them win the World Series in 2005. Got to celebrate, uh, you know, mostly alone, uh, because I was in Arkansas where nobody really cares about professional baseball. And, uh, the ones that do are like, we're Texas Ranger fans. And, Mm. uh, so in, in 2005, when the White Sox broke their curse, which nobody cared about because the Red Sox had broken their curse the year before, um, you know, I think there was another, another grad student in my apartment and he's like, do you want like... You know, he has no rooting interest. I think he was a Cardinals fan. And right. uh, and so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm super excited, but, like, nobody cares. I think I called my brother, who, mm. you know, celebrated in his characteristic, you know, way. And, uh, and, and then a friend or two. But it wasn't like, you know, I didn't get to light any couches on fire. I didn't get to shoot off any fireworks. I didn't get to loot anything. It was really, really a disappointing right. celebration. Uh, right. But yeah, I've been a White Sox guy, and I'm glad they're doing well this season. I don't know that they're quite at the top of the mountain, but uh, you know who knows? Just get to the playoffs, and anything can happen. I was thinking about the early Fast and Furious movies. So, so if Zane's favorite is Tokyo Drift, I understand. I think I do think Tokyo Drift has something fun about it. Yeah, like we always talk about how the first three are kind of more forgettable, but I think that there are a lot of fun elements of them, especially Tokyo Drift. I like the idea of the redneck in the in in Japan. Yeah. Um I had a question for you, Brad. Yes. Thinking back to the first Fast and Furious movie. Okay. Johnny Tran and his family uh they were just really, you know, they they were bad guys. They were the villains of the movie. They killed the mechanic that we were friends with. Remember that guy? Right. So watching the first movie with Johnny Tran and his family, were you anti-trans or pro-trans? Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> You know what? We all learn and grow. I, do, I, I don't think they should have. I, I don't think they should have died. I believe that trans lives matter. But you can think whatever you want. I don't know why that's so funny to me. That was great. That was a great, great setup. Yeah, I thought about that earlier today. I have no idea why I thought about that earlier today. But the fact that someone brought up an early movie, I was like, oh, I got to hit Brad with this. <laughs> with this. It's such a funny, dumb joke. Um, All right, next you know, back in 1999, I might have said that uh, <laughs> I might have had different feelings, but in 2021, that's hilarious. Yep. Um, we have more emails? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bunch more, but we're going we're gonna to have to stop after a couple. This one is, uh, is a little, uh, little quicker. We got some, some little questions in here. It's called, I want to play a game. Oh, boy. It's from Dina. Said, Dear Chuck and Brad, I've had an email to you guys started in my notes on my phone for months. After listening to the recent mail sack, love the segment name, 
I decided I should actually send it. Being a huge Tesdi fan, I knew of Chuck and yes. became a loyal Chuby after hopping on board from the Tesdi tapes. Your stories yes. after the Tesdi interviews made me laugh so hard I knew I had found a new pod to add to my rotation. Thank you. I love nice. that Chuck is living the dream of every View Askew fan. And Brad, you are so H-O-T hot. Uh, crying, laughing emoji. I'm married. I'm just saying it because I know how much Brad loves it. Mm, thanks, <laughs> Dina. Jigsaw I am not, but I thought I would pose a couple would-you-rather questions to the dynamic okay. Chuby duo. Feel free to answer or not. Oh, we're going to answer it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Question one. Would you rather go on a date? Or, you know what? We're going we're gonna to one, two, three it, and then we're going to say our response at the same time, okay? Okay. But we're... But, but. I'm in a car driving in New York, and you're you're in Rhode Island, so well, I don't know if it's going to be perfectly in time. That's fine. Would you okay. rather, question one, would you rather go on a date with Scarlet Witch or Black Widow? One, two, three. Black Widow. Scarlet Witch. Wow. <gasps> Wait a minute. Why Why? Why would you say Black Widow? Uh, because she's single. Oh, you're such a... Oh, I'm not even going to say it. I already, I already used my one special word on my birthday. I'm just saying, if you uh, want Vision mad at you... Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, well, if well, Colin Jost is like one person away from us, I'm friends with Casey Jost. We're working yeah, well, on stuff no, right no, now. No, the question isn't Scarlett Johansson. The question is Black Widow. Oh, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable talking about this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work with Casey Jost on some sketch ideas. The news just came out yesterday that he's writing the new Ninja Turtles movie with I'm Colin. I'm trying Jost. to work. Now you're I, talking about. No, I'm trying. What? I'm trying to work with Paul Bettany on some stuff. <laughs> No, it's not Paul Benny. It'd be like Tim Benny. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, uh, I guess so we're just uh, we're just going on a date. Say. I'm a gentleman on this date. When she's like, "Hey, no, sorry, I've got Colin Joe." I I'll think be like, Black Widow. Black Widow has always seemed so all business to me in the Marvel movies. She's all business. She's like, "Let's kill this guy. Mm -hmm. Let's steal these files. Let's blow up this twelve-year-old's face. Yeah. All these different things that she likes to do." Yeah, it just seems like you'd want to go on a date with her, and she'd be like, "Can we hurry this up? I have a murder to later on for a bad guy who's a you know a dictator." I mean, I could go and you'd with be you. Like, oh, geez, I'm just trying to. We're trying to have a talk. I want to tell you about some still, funny stories. Still, be better than that coffee shop date I went on. All right, next question. <laughs> well, hold on. That's why I don't want to. That's but so Scarlet Witch. What am I living in the Full House world? That's fun. I want her to have another mental break so I can go back and live out my dreams of being Urkel. Wow, you want to take advantage of a mentally unstable person. Well, I wouldn't say that. I just in, want to be in, Urkel. In order to become Urkel. <laughs> to become Urkel. Yes. All right. Your Honor, my client simply wanted <laughs> to become Urkel. And then the movie trailer is called Becoming Urkel. That's the name of the movie. I'll allow it. Um, <laughs> He's a 37-year-old white man? That's right. <laughs> All right, question two. Oh, 30, I'm 37. Can you believe it? Yes. Yes, I can. My birthday. I, ah! I was there. I was there. I know. You were. Uh, question two. Would you rather eat one meal for the rest of your life or watch one TV show for the rest of your life? One, two, three, one meal. TV show. Easy. And I didn't do it at the same time as you. I did it a little later. But I noticed. TV show, easy. Want to know why? What's Wait, that? one meal, really? Yep. What's your meal? Oh, it's a, it's an Aurelio's pizza, and the goal is you know that I would eat it in like two hours, and uh, and that would be the last meal of my life. <laughs> I say TV show because think about this. Ready? You don't have to watch TV. Uh oh, that's a, that's a good and that's a good reason too. You don't even have to watch TV. Uh, second, like, what if it's a TV show that has a million episodes? What about Law and Order, SVU, or Judge Judy? Oh, you're gonna watch SVU for the rest of your life? You're sick. Judge Judy for the rest of my life. Yeah, you probably would. 
Um, and even though they have different episodes, I just want to watch the one where they let the dog choose. Of course. Just over and over and over again. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, all right, question three and the final question. Yes. Would yes. you rather be murdered by yes, Jason, Jason Voorhees oh. or Michael Myers? One, oh, two, don't make me choose. three, Jason I Voorhees. Why do you have one? Why do you have an answer to that? Oh, put me in a sleeping bag and bash me against a tree. <laughs> He's just more creative with his murders. Michael Myers that is like is stab, funny. stab, stabs, you know, stalk, stalk, oh, yeah. stalk. Well, he does a lot of stuff. He cr- he pulled the guy's teeth out of his head and, and he carved someone's face like a jack-o'-lantern. He mm-hmm. does some crazy shit, too. All right. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to answer this because I'm always scared of, of the jinx. That, I think that I'm going to get jinxed if I say Michael Myers. Yeah, and then Jason Voorhees shows up. I get then it. Then going to show up and be like, "Oh, you'd rather have? You, I'm not cool." Whatever he'd say, or Michael would show up and be like, "Oh, you said you'd rather get killed by me. Well, today's your lucky day. You also use that word. Also, want to point out neither of them speak. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, they 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 act really well with their eyes. I'd be able to tell what they're thinking. You can't see either one of their eyes. They're they're in the behind mask. Uh, it's some close ups. You can see one mm-hmm. pupil. Okay. Uh, Dina's emails uh, finished. I said I'm still working on my Chuby illustration. Chuck and Brad as bees. I posted on Instagram as at always inspired mama. Thanks for the laughs. Loyal oh, yeah. Loyal Chuby and Raby. P.S. I'm impatiently waiting for the Ernest franchise flashback. I can't wait to hear Brad's artful synopsis of each film. Are we going to have to do a franchise flashback of all the Ernest films? Because it seems Hell like a yes, lot of people, are. a lot of people are clamoring. Plus, with with Ray's impression, we got to bring him in. Yeah. And Ray's been secretly texting me. He's like, he's like, hey, I have to be on the Ernest fla- franchise flashback, right? He said, that, I'm not, I'm not even. That's not even me making it up to be funny. He said that. Wow. Um, yeah. All right, let's so let's it's coming. let's do one more, and then we'll we'll only be six emails behind. Yes. Hey, Chuck and Brad, Daniel D here, as made famous in one of the last episodes where you guys exclusively read emails from Daniels. I have a question <laughs> for Brad. As someone who has lived my life in the Chicagoland area, it has been nice hearing Brad talk about places local to me, like Culver's, or more importantly, Aurelio's. I have an Aurelio's mm. down my street, and it is probably my second favorite pizza place. There is a very mm. similar but even better pizza place in Joliet, Illinois, called wow. Chimeno's, C-E-M-E-N-O, apostrophe S. And I was wondering mm-hmm. if Brad has even taken the trip over the border, has ever taken the trip over the border and tried this pizza, or if he has ever heard of it. If not, and he ever decides to travel a tad further west the next time he's home, I'd love to buy him a pie. Thanks for the content, Daniel D. Wow. I have not tried that pizza. However, one of the guys I worked with when I was an Aurelian, when I worked at Aurelio's, uh, his name Jeff, and he lives in Joliet. So tonight I messaged Jeff and said, hey, I have an odd question. Have you ever eaten, uh, you know, Chemino's pizza? Someone wrote into the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Just wondering if you had a take on it. He said, it used to be an Aurelio's. Wow. According to our friend who used to own a franchise, they didn't follow franchise rules and lost the rights to the Aurelio's name. That being wow. said, they use the same recipe and the same sausage. It's very good. Not better than Cherville Aurelio's, though. I said, interesting. Wow. He said, they do use some stone ovens. It all starts with Aurelio's. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I, I'll, of course, give it a try. You know, it's a new pizza place to me. But uh, it seems like it has its, uh, its DNA from Aurelio's. Man, so how many Aurelios are there? Oh, it's probably uh, like 25 across the nation, like centered in, wow. in Illinois and Indiana and Michigan. 
And then wow. because so many Chicagoland people retire to Arizona, there's, there's a couple down in Arizona and I think like a random one in Vegas, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I had no idea there was so many. Yeah. So that's that, crazy. Yeah. Thank you, Daniel D. I appreciate uh, the, the heads up about a new to me pizza place. Uh, you know, wow. Julie, it's probably 35 or 40 minutes away from my folks house. So we'll see next time I get home. Uh, you know what? We should do an episode kind of about like a roar, you know, about uh, brick oven pizza, because I feel like there's a claim that the first brick oven pizza was in Rhode Island. And you love Aurelio's, which is another brick oven pizza, right? I do. It's weird because I, it's, it's more of a stone than a brick. And, I, and if you're like, well, what's the difference? It's like, I don't know. But it's is there you know, a difference, you think? I have no idea. Maybe there is. Yeah. Well, maybe you know what? Maybe we'll do an episode. That's all about the history of pizza. All right. And we'll figure out the wood oven pizza, brick oven, Coal stone oven. oven. What's yep. the difference? Yep. Yeah. Wow. That'd be fun. Um, all right. So the, I can't believe there's more emails. I thought there was like three total, but I guess I, no. I misread. Well, I, I think, uh, you know, some of them are, yeah. So we're, we're up to July 27th with one, Which two. Which pretty close. Six days ago. Um, three. Four, seven days. Four. Yeah. I think we have five untouched. Up, up wow. to uh, from July 27th through August 1st. So, all right. Well, we'll get to them. That's where we're at now. Um, but nice. yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, we we appreciate folks who write in. Uh, like yeah, uh, of even course, just, love just it. reading the little uh, the little previews uh, on one line on Gmail. I'm excited to get to some of these. So, oh yeah, I love the write ins. Always write us in chuckandbrad at gmail.com or find the email link at chuckandbradpodcast.com. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so the last week, you know, we were talking about this earlier. We did uh, Black Widow, Loki, and the Jackass trailer. Very exciting. Um, the week before that, we did the Space Jam 2 pop culture mashup episode. We all brought our own pop culture mashup ideas to the table, and people loved that episode. They really did. Yeah, they loved hearing me get torn apart by Ray in his in his script. <laughs> and I, I got to say, I want to say a big thanks to Ray Harrington for for taking it seriously and putting some thought into it and really making something great. I love that. Ray's uh, wanted to do his own podcast for a long time. And yeah. uh, I think that this is, I was telling him afterwards, and I'll say it to you too, right to your fucking face. Wow. You're, well, I mean, I guess not. Yeah, I'm over in the, the car. Yes, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, over the phone. Um, I I think if we, and I'm just saying, I'm just, let's listen to my whole thing before you get, you know, you jump in my pants. I think the idea of doing a podcast that's kind of about pop culture. And then, and every week you find a way to kind of come up with your own thing like that to do, to go with current pop culture is really fun, but it would have to be like, you'd have to be like, oh yeah, I have to set aside like 20 hours a week to do this podcast because like writing stuff original, like really writing original stuff is very tough. Like, you know, we talk about, uh, new movies, we talk about TV shows and then we do our live shows once in a while, and on the podcast once in a while, we'll do pitch doctors where we come up with our own ideas. But that's like once every like, you know, six weeks to two months. But if you did that every week, I think it'd be a really, really fun and engaging and cool show. But man, you'd have to put a lot of production time into it. Am I supposed to attack you for that take? Well, I thought I thought you'd be like, I thought you'd hear the beginning of it and be like, we can't start this other thing, and then I, then you'd hear me say. You know what I mean? I thought that I thought maybe you'd think I was proposing we start it, but then you know I, I will say if you hadn't warned me off, I would have throttled you through the through the phone. <laughs> what do you think about that? Would, What's your take on I, I that? I would have just muted your track. Um, <laughs> no, I know I, I it's weird because I have so much fun doing it, 
Yes. Um, but I, yeah, you're right. I think spacing it out, like if you were like, Hey, let's do a roar, you know, every week, I, it would, yeah. it would exhaust me. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so yeah, and, I'm with you. and then the roar, you knows aren't even as hard as the uh, pitch doctor stuff no. where we come up, where we write our own scripts and no. stuff. Cause people loved your idea too. The Lassie's 11 idea. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. It's really fun. I was thinking if we ever get like, you know, really successful and we had like a Patreon or something, then we then like and we had to do like a podcast you know every week then once a month I think we could do a pitch doctors and come up with an episode that everything is scripted like that you know yeah I tend to agree um, but we'll see we'll see where the world takes us who knows um, so we wanted to what do we want to talk about I know we had a couple things well when my birthday happened um, well, I can't believe it I, I went from thirty six to thirty seven can yeah, you believe that I'm I'm as surprised as well I uh, you know there were times I wasn't sure if we were going to make it through the past year. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know. I'm trying to think when we started the podcast, were you 36? Oh, geez. Uh, no, I was 31 when we started the podcast. Oh, okay. I, I, in fact, I may have been 30 because it was, wow. was it our favorite things of 2008 that we started in January? 2000, yeah, I think it was. Then yeah, I was, I was 30 and one half when we started it. Wow. So yeah, I mean, we've been doing the podcast for a long ass time. We sure and uh, my birthday was pretty fun. It's, it was tough because I've been doing so much traveling and editing and filming and, and writing and everything that I haven't had a lot of extra time. So I kind of was like, oh, last minute, let's figure out a birthday thing. And, uh, you know, we just kind of figured out a casual hang. But a lot of people came out and it was a lot of fun at a Union Station Brewery in Providence. And that was a lot of fun. I, I really like having casual hangouts there. What do you say? It was nice. I, uh, you know, it wasn't crowded. Well, you and I have been there, what, three times now or just two? I've only been there twice. And once was for yeah. our, our pal Michaela's birthday last year uh, because it was outdoor dining and the pandemic uh, regulations were still in full effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, this time, you know, it was, it was just nice. It wasn't crowded. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't cacophonous. You didn't go with us with, uh, with Katie after a cupcake thing? I did not. Our friend Katie Johnson, I thought she came to it. Oh, uh, you know what? No, that was the day where we, we did uh, electric bikes or something. Yes, you guys rode bikes around yeah, the city. I see. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Union Station is just... Uh, Union Station Brewery in Providence, if you haven't been, it's just very it's very fun for a casual hangout. I mean, we were outside uh, the other night, which was it was pretty perfect for outside. It was. Michaela had a very tiny dress on. Um, thumbs up to that. But she was a little chilly. Yeah. Um, and, but it was really nice, and uh, it just feels like you can kind of hang out for as long as you want, and it's and it's outside, and it's away from the street, so there's not a lot of noise, and it just feels a little secluded, and it's and the food is good. Yeah. Did you like your food? Yeah, it was. I I, I just got a, a a pretty simple burger this time, uh, and I had the fish and chips oh, yeah, last time. Oh yeah, as opposed there. to all the it. crazy shit you get. Yeah. I just don't want people yep. to think like, oh, did Brad get like a, a rodeo <laughs> uh, western Denver burger? <laughs> I just get a regular burger. There wasn't barbecue sauce on it, just to be clear. Okay, Brad. Yep, just making it clear. I'm just saying there are two um, burgers on the menu, and if people look at it, they're going to be like, which one did Brad get? Now they know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. No, we don't want to confuse them. But that was fun. And then the next day, uh, Gina, my girlfriend, surprised me with this very interesting trip. I've never heard of this before. I don't know if you have. I had not. Well, you know what? I think I'd seen a group on Ford at one point in my in my youth. What is it? Do you know what the group is called? What's, it, what's the, the, the company? Railway Adventures? Yeah, maybe that's it. Basically, it's this thing where they take uh, defunct railroads. This company goes around the country, I guess, because I was talking to Frank Five on the phone yesterday, and he said they do it near him, too. Um, 
and they basically take these defunct railroad areas and they have these like bicycle type things. They're not really bicycles, but that's the, the closest uh, thing I can think of because you have to pedal like a bicycle. And they have these carts and they'll make like a two person cart that goes on a railroad track and you ride on it and it's like a scenic, uh, you know, joyride. Uh, so we did it in Newport, Rhode Island and Gina surprised me that day and she's like, she was getting water ready. She's like, you got to bring sunglasses, bring your sh- bring your sneakers, uh, bring some water. And I was like, oh, shit, she's going to make me go on a fucking hike, which I, <laughs> I do like a hike. I right. do like a hike. It's just on my birthday. Is that a great surprise, a hike? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was this. And basically, you know, you're on this. Uh, if you want to see it, go to my Instagram, at Discount Chuck. I put up some pictures and stories. Um, you're on this thing and you pedal. And it was, it was, I'm like, what a fun idea. And Gina had brought it up earlier in the uh, summer. And so it was very exciting to see that that's where we're going when we got there. They gave me a wicked cool little book of like a map of Newport and the way the train goes. Very cool. Right. Very well done. You want to hear the, the one hard thing? Yeah, of course. So basically it's you on this, this thing by yourself with your partner. It's just a two-person bike. So like me and Gina went, it was just us. But then there's a two-person bicycle cart in front of you too and one behind you and they're not connected to you they're just completely by themselves but the guy's like stay a hundred feet uh you know back so you have time to break and you can just kind of go at a leisurely pace okay but if the person in front of you is like really athletic and they're going real fast or the person behind you is really athletic and they're going real fast you're gonna feel that pressure baby Were, so you're did, in the fa- did, it's, it's did, almost like you're in did you feel the pressure I felt the pressure. What did you do? Did you and, buckle or did you rise to the occasion? Well, here's the thing. You're, you're bicycling, but here, but here's the thing. So have you ever ridden a bike, a bicycle? It has two wheels, pedals? Uh, I think so. Yeah, that sounds like something that I learned to do much later than a normal child. Did you? Yeah. When did you learn how to ride a bike? Oh, geez. Uh, it was probably eight. Eighteen? Eight. Oh, eight. All right, good. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, you didn't have macaroni and cheese until you were 24. You didn't have broccoli until you were 27. I mean, both of those are wrong, but I get what you mean. Brad stopped using a pacifier at 38. Almost. I, you know, I, I still use it to sleep. Brad, Brad's in toilet training as we as we speak. <laughs> and he's, he's four years from going back into diapers. I'll get there. <laughs> Change me. Change me. Uh, anyway, um, so you've used a bicycle, um, basically like a bicycle is kind of made, you know, with like, uh, levers and pulleys and fulcrums and all these different things to make it so that you can just kind of ride leisurely, whatever. Yeah, of course. Pulleys on bicycles, fulcrums on bicycles. (laughs) And, uh, but the bicycle cart on the train track, dude, so it's my weight and Gina's weight and the bicycle's weight, which is a huge metal cart that you can just like. Like, basically, Brad, it's big enough that you could have stood on it between us the whole time. Okay. It's huge and heavy, and it clips onto the railroad tracks. And so instead of, like, a regular bicycle, it's pulling you by pulling those tracks. Mm. So the amount of resistance is a lot. And I, I told Gina it was similar to, like, you know how you have gears on a bicycle? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like if both gears on either side were both at the highest number. Oh, Okay, so, you, so you it's have just to really hard push to pedal, hard. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we did realize, because I was doing it, and I'm like, 
I'm like, wow. I'm like, this is a lot. And my legs were shaking and shivering and hurting. And Gina's like, oh, it's interesting that yours are so hard because like mine is almost like there's no resistance. And we kind of realized if one of you pedals way harder than the other person, then you take on the brunt of the resistance. Mm. So we had to kind of try to match up. But then I was like, I'm like, oh, the people behind us are really coming up, you know, coming up behind us. We got we to gotta keep going. And Gina's like, fuck them. And I will say this. It's weird because, it, like she was saying during it, she's like, you know, this is supposed to be kind of leisurely, but we have to pedal so hard the whole time and keep this pace. It's tough. Right. It was supposed to be 90 minutes. Guess how long it was? 89 minutes. And, and by the way, just so you know, no one from the company is in this line. Right. They're just telling you to go. 42 minutes. Wow. So were the people around us just going twice as fast as you're supposed to go? Yeah. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like what, what else is the explanation if it's supposed to be 90 minutes and it was only 42? Right. So I think these pieces of shit were rushing us. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Or they were, you know, yeah. fit. Or they were sick? Fit. Uh, well, that's a th- but still, even if they're fit, it doesn't mean. Yeah, you know that's, what I mean? that's true. It should have taken them ninety minutes. They should have had a, a little like at this well, it's point. It's supposed to be yeah. ninety minutes. It's yeah. not supposed to be fucking forty-two minutes. Those pieces. Of yeah, shit. you know what? I'm those, I'm now those, solidly on your side. Yeah, those pieces of fit shit. So, um, but it was very very fun. We went all along this like coast. We went under the Mount Hope Bridge and over through a golf course and over a bunch of bridges. And it was it was very fun and very scenic. And I liked it a lot. We birdied a par four. Yes, yes. I was thinking about the of the jackass uh, oh, sketch yeah. where like they had the air horns, and I was like, ah, I wish I had an air horn. But um, that was really fun. And then we went back to town to Warren, Rhode Island, where we live. And my mom and my dad and my two nieces, Olivia and Mila, met us at a restaurant near my house. We get some delicious seafood. I had some excellent oysters and some lobster bisque and some calamar, some salmon. Um, we played some, I was playing, you know, around with my nieces. Right. Um, we were talking about Voldemort and like, you know, when, when kids are like young, they don't really like, you know, they don't understand comedy, but they, but there's like the essence of comedy is at everyone's brains. So like, you know, you just say something that's very wrong and they recognize that that's funny. Yes. So I said like, oh, you know what the worst thing Voldemort ever did is? And my niece Olivia is like, what? And I'm like, he made Valentine's Day cards for every kid in class. And then she'd pause and she'd be like, that's not bad. And she would think it's hilarious <laughs> that I was saying stuff that's not bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that was really funny. We were laughing so hard coming up with all the worst stuff that Voldemort ever did. And by the way, she was like, oh, she goes like this. She goes, this, this, you're, you're going to love this. And I hope the listeners like this because it's so uh, silly and, and family friendly. She was telling ghost stories. And I was like, oh, I mean, can I tell a ghost story? And she's like, yeah. I go, one time I was in bed and I heard a ghost and I went outside, but it was actually just the wind, the end. How was that? And she goes, it was too short. And she was mad about that. <laughs> and I was like, well, you tell me a ghost story. And she was like, one time there was a vampire. And then she just was like, then there was a zombie. And nice. she just kept adding in all scary things. Yeah. And Gina's like, is there like a hero or a good guy? She's like, nope, nope, nope. And she kept going, like, and then there was a ghost. And she goes, and then there was a truck full of poison ivy. <laughs> and I'm like, that <laughs> is hilarious. Truck full of poison ivy. I loved it. 
Uh, but that was fun. We met up with old Brad. We got some ice cream sundaes that night. I think yes, I ate did. too much ice cream. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it was great. It was a great night. My mom uh, very thoughtfully got me an arcade one-up uh, replica arcade machine like it's like the top half of it that you hang on a wall yep of like all the street fighter games when the marquee lights up and it's all the artwork from the original system it's pretty great it's really crazy and pretty amazing um and yeah it was just a fun uh it was a fun couple days and a good birthday especially when i kind of felt like i'm like oh i didn't plan anything for my birthday i didn't talk to people and see what people are around or like what they're doing so uh i was glad that it ended up working out um but uh but yeah, so that was good, and uh, we had an interesting thing keep popping up for us this week. You know what I'm talking about? I do. I do know. <laughs> so our buddies Lou and Laura, people might know Lou Perella from uh, being on the podcast many times. His, uh, his dad's restaurant was on Restaurant Impossible. Right. We told the whole and, behind uh, the scenes of it and everything. Yeah, and Lou came on told the whole behind the scenes, and he's also been on maybe 20 other episodes. Yeah. Um, great guy, great friend of ours. Um, we did actually we did a whole road trip series when I went down and helped him move to Austin in October. We wanted Brad to come, and Brad told us to shove it up our asses. I sure did. I stand by that. And, yeah, right. And uh, so Lou and Laura moved to Austin. Big mistake from my point of view. Anyway, <laughs> um, and uh, we were talking to Lou recently, and Laura, you know, his wife, who's also been on the podcast. And we were like, oh, so how's things? And they're like, how's things? How's things? And they basically told us this crazy story. And you tell me if I get this right. Where like Lou was like, he like looked at a vent in their house, in their apartment. And he just kind of noticed there was like a little mold on the outside or maybe a little blackening. I don't know. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's weird. And he unscrewed the vent and looked inside. And the vent was covered in mold inside. Yes. That's for their like central air and everything. And he was like, oh, God, mold. And then I, I guess... They looked in their closet, and a ton of their shoes and clothes in the back were covered and smothered in, in mold. mold. Yes. And it was to the point where they said, you know, we're not comfortable sleeping here and breathing this air. And so they went and had to stay with uh, Laura's family. Yep. Um, and I was like, and Lou told us this whole story, and I was like shocked. I was like, oh, my God, like this is crazy. Um, and and I, it kind of struck me. I was like, geez. I've never dealt with mold. I don't know anything about mold. Yeah. And Brad's like, I don't know anything about mold either. How weird. Um, I was like, does it come from moisture? Does it come from temperature conditions? Like, does it come from bacteria? I don't know how it starts. Uh, and they're kind of dealing with that right now where they're cleaning some of their clothes. They're hoping that the uh, that their rental property will help them pay for some of the stuff that's not, you know, salvageable. And they're having their whole vents cleaned right now. And uh, I don't know where it's going to go from here. Right. But I was so disgusted. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then, Brad, you can continue the story here because it continues with you. Sure. I uh, I was on call for work. I, I work at a college uh, yeah. in the housing department. I was on call this week. And uh, Saturday night around 10 o'clock, I got a call that said, hey, these students have mold in their room. We're, we're, yeah. we're supposed to call it an environmental concern. These students have an environmental concern yeah. in their room. Uh, can we move them to a different room? And, and I it said, was mold. Yes, it sure was. We just, we're, again, we're supposed to call it an environmental concern. That's yes. that's our secret code. Okay. Um, so, Are there any other environmental concerns? Like, a, like there's a grizzly bear. Is that an environmental concern? No, that's a... That's a, a hurricane. 
code. Well, for the the grizzly bear is a, a, a code bear. Uh, it's not a great. <laughs> it's not a great secret. And the, yeah. <laughs> and the hurricane is called. Uh, you know what? Brad's got the office tomorrow. Code uh, bear is my favorite Mountain Dew variant. <laughs> <laughs> tastes like salmon and honey. This tastes like salmon. Oh, you beat me. You yeah. Beat me. Ah, I get you for this. So, uh, right, so, so, uh, you know, I moved the students and, and they were unhappy with, uh, with, you know, the response and, you know, yeah. they found mold in their second room in a much smaller yeah. amount. And apparently they had, you know, they, they went away and they came back and I, you know, I can't go into too much because they're upset and frustrated and I don't want to, uh, you know, have the right. Chuck and Brad podcast be subpoenaed. So, yes. um, so we dealt with that. And um, like same thing where, you know, like I honestly, I think we had the same conversation verbatim. Where does mold come from? How, yes. how does it happen? I, you know, yes. and, and I'm like, well, humidity and darkness seem to be key in, in the, the spread and growth of mold. But as for, you know, the initial impetus, I don't know. I don't know if it's food. I don't know if it's, right. you know, a, a mommy mold and a daddy mold get together. Right. And, you know, I'm sure we could look it up. I'm sure we could consult one of the world's foremost moldologists, but right. You know, Ray's busy. So, um, you know, I was like, man, what a weird week of, of mold. Yes. Right. And then today I went to lunch at Taco Bell. I ate lunch in my car. Yep. I got, yep. I got back to campus and, and you specifically like, ordered tacos without mold, right? Right. Yeah. Moldless. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sans mold. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I, know, I, remember you said I, I was, that. I was like, I was like, no sour cream at all, and also, if you have time, no mold. <laughs> if you have time, no mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I get back to campus, and you know, I technically still have thirty-five minutes on my lunch, but you know, I've been asked to get these reports done, and so, yeah. of course, I will give up my free time for work. And um, yep. I'm like, let me let me clean up my car a little bit, you know, pick up my my taco mess from the passenger seat. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's like little rocks and everything all over this floor mat. Let me shake it out. And I picked up the mat and underneath oh. the mat was like there was mold on the bottom of the mat. There was mold on the carpet underneath the mat. <gasps> and I was so disgusted with myself, even though how am I going to know it's there? Oh, my God. You know, I have a, I have a, I have a question. Yeah. You just had, <clears throat> we were just talking recently because Brad does this thing where like every couple miles, he basically brings his car into a car doctor and has a checkup, right? Every 5,000 miles, I take it into the dealership for a checkup. Yes. 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 Did they check for the mold? I guess not. Um, oh, Wow. It's weird because I took Jeez. it in last Saturday. And if you were like, how fast did that mold spread? I'm like, I don't know. It could have been no mold yet. Like, you know, we, we don't know anything about mold. Right. We don't know anything where about did mold. It, where did it come from? Did I, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe I threw like a sugary drink or something. And, yeah. uh, you know, like the last couple drops dribbled out of a bottle or a can or whatever. And it, yeah. it soaked through and, and somehow became mold. Maybe it's, you know, I, I don't know, an old m M&M. and I, I have no idea where it came from, but it was super gross and i'm like oh should i drive right. back to target and like uh -huh. get stuff to clean it i'm like no let me find out what i need to clean it and uh went into work and I, I i was like man i have a meeting this afternoon i still have to like be civil to my coworkers, but i did i shut yeah. my office door i turned my music up i did my reports i did my meeting and then i was like i've got mold i have to leave early so i can clean my car and they were like yeah of course I'm like damn right of course so yep. 
I, I don't know where mold will be found tomorrow. Uh, perhaps on me, perhaps on the cat. No wow. one, no one really knows. But uh, you know, I, I scrubbed my scrubbed the car in the Target parking lot, then came home, scrubbed it some more, threw some baking soda down. I have vinegar to mix with water to spray it with. Right. Uh, but mm-hmm. I also used, you know, chemicals uh, like Woolite or Resolve or, right. or something. So, you right. know, I, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going wow. on with mold. And it sucks because, again, I, I just feel so gross. Like, oh, all right. Well, if I got mold in my car once now, how often do I need to check to make sure I don't have mold uh, over, over the I summer? Because I don't think it really happens in the fall or winter. Or spring. I think moisture is a part of it. But like now that it's there, those spores are in the carpet. I'm not going to get those spores out with my baking soda mixture. I just have to keep fighting. Is that true? I have no idea. I'm like, am I going to have to steam clean my my car? And, you know, how do I do that? So we'll see. Wow. Wow. I can't believe it, man. I'm so shocked and grossed out uh, by you and your life. Thank you. Um, But is there a common denominator between... Lou's apartment, the UMass door, the, you know, UMass right. Dartmouth dorms and your car mat. Is there, a, is there a common denominator? I mean, Lou has been in my car. Ooh. And Lou has been in some of the apartments at UMass Dartmouth when we were filming, maybe. Ooh. Oh, I don't know if Lou was there. Maybe I'm the common denominator. Oh, no. That makes more you sense. You haven't been in his apartment in, in Texas, though. Oh, it's true. Um, That's true. I, you know what? But what if my spores got on Lou? Yeah, that's right. Maybe that's why you didn't want to come because you knew you spread spores to us and you wanted to be, you know, looked at as someone who didn't cause the mold in the Yeah, apartment. I wanted an alibi for the moldy apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That I that I would be wow. causing 10 months later. It's crazy because remember earlier in the summer I I spilled a million coffees in the back seat of my car. I do. <gasps> I spilled coffee on my car, but it was a year ago. Oh, wow. You think that's what it is? Was it in the front like that? Yeah, but no way could it have been. Because I've, I've definitely like vacuumed my car since then. But man, yeah, wouldn't but, it have been last summer that I saw it? Yeah, exactly. Someone did tell me, though, when I was cleaning out my car, they're like, oh, you know, like you might think that it's all cleaned up. But then like when it gets really hot out, you might smell it again. Maybe that's but it. You didn't say mold, but we don't. We don't know. But we're still making this up. We don't know if right. uh, a no spilled idea. coffee a year ago will cause mold. No idea. Wow. So we just got. We just. You know, there's moldy lives around us, and I, I'm. I'm shocked by it. Eternal vigilance. Let's move to the wow. move to the desert, where there's no. Yeah. Mold. Jesus Christ. Um. Holy hell. Oh, it's. Well, it's, I it's, wish you the best. Yeah, I hope I, your mold goes away. Me too. Me too. I. You know. I. I it's weird because I'm like, I kind of want to get my car detailed now. But that's expensive. Yeah. But at the same time, like that peace of mind. And of course, like it's nice to have a nice, clean car. I love getting my car detailed. If, if, so. if Gina said every year for your birthday, I'm just going to get your car detailed, I'd say that's amazing. I honestly, I, I'm, I'm going to, there's a, I, I looked up places today and I'm like, oh, there's a place in Dartmouth. Maybe I could take it in when I get to work, you know, and have someone drive me to work and then have someone drive yeah. me back from work and, and just get it done while I'm at work for the day yeah. and just, right. you know, eat, eat the money uh, to have it clean. I also, How much is it? I was also, it was uh, like 350, I think for the like deluxe oh, wow. package, I think 200 for just the interiors. But I was like, right. man, also there's a, there's a used car at the car dealership that I go to. That's the same model as me, but three years later and it has X number of miles. And I'm like, ugh, 
should I just trade my car in? And I'm like, I cannot say I got mold on my carpet, so I bought a new car. I cannot do that. That's so funny. Ugh. I hear you, though. That's yeah. scary. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to talk a little bit about this before we, before we uh, before we go, but uh, I watched the Woodstock '99 documentary. Yes, Woodstock '99, famous for uh, riots, basically. A lot of bad yeah. stuff happened at Woodstock '99. Tell me about this documentary. So, you know, this is funny because I think about Woodstock '69, which was the original the original stock. Nice. Um, and I think about that, and it's like peace and love, hippies, whatever. Um, big, you know, it kind of the music, the the most famous music festival, would you say? Woodstock? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then it was funny, like, if you asked me, like, two weeks ago, like, oh, Woodstock 94, Woodstock 99, what's the difference? I probably wouldn't have really remembered the difference. No, I remember Woodstock, watching- Woodstock 94, I remember Green Day throwing mud. Yes. And I think the right. Red Hot Chili Peppers dressed up as light bulbs. Oh, I don't remember that. Light bulbs. Yeah. Maybe you meant their light bulbs were hanging out, if you know what I'm saying. I I don't know what you're saying. Is anyone there? I don't know. <laughs> I'm confused as to what you're saying. <laughs> They're light bulbs. Um, but I I, I kind of it's 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 almost like blurry to me. Like Green Day throwing the mud. I don't know which one it was at. Whatever. Um, yeah, they were dressed but, as light bulbs uh, at Woodstock '94, according to Wikipedia. Oh, nice. Were there light bulbs hanging out? Does it say that? Uh, you know, I didn't read it. I just looked at a photo. So I, uh, I don't. I don't. I, I only are there light bulbs hanging I, out? I don't see it. So <laughs> find a bigger photo. It's like you can zoom oh in more. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, when when did they perform with all socks in their dicks? I think that was like before, like you know, like the early nineties. Do you ever, do you ever think about your thinking about like having just a sock on your dick? That's what I'm wearing right now, baby. Would your would your dick fill a sock? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Would it stay on? Well, I mean, you said you had uh, like young relatives, so like <laughs> you'd have to get children's socks. <laughs> I mean, you know, children, toddler, infant, <laughs> newborn. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say <laughs> what socks would be oh. filled? <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Thank you. That's very funny. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think if I had a, a sock, like my dick and my balls, filling the. It's just. I guess it would really depend on the sock, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for oh, never never would. playing a senior discount show like that because. <laughs> Ah, his sock fell off again. Yeah. Brad, pull it up. I can't play in guitar. Oh. <laughs> um, but uh, why is Christian's sock blue? <laughs> That's a joke for anyone who's seen Christian's penis. Christian yeah, is the he drummer. Has a blue penis yeah. head. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, anyway, getting back to Woodstock '99. Yeah, yes. I, I guess I couldn't remember the difference between Woodstock '94 and '99. Whatever. Um, and it's funny because you know in 1994 I'm 10, so I probably didn't have too much awareness of Woodstock. Right, right, you were, yeah. And you know, you have to remember that it's it's weird to think back at times where there was no internet. Like, if we wanted to see coverage of Woodstock '99, what we have to do? Like, get the pay per view or watch the the clips on MTV. It's just right. weird. Um. Anyway. Watching this documentary, I kind of remembered that there was like riots and, you know, 
I'm always like a. Uh, I always, whenever someone says something shitty about Limp Bizkit, I always want to fight them and tell them that like, Limp Bizkit had their place in time. Yeah, I, re- I remember um, you actually getting in a fight about that. Oh yeah, and uh, I, you know, there's a famous Limp Bizkit music video um, where they go to court for causing the riots at Woodstock '99, and they get sentenced to death. Right, and at the end of it. They get put into a tank, and the tank fills with milk, and that's how they're killed. And that's part one of a two-part video where the second... I think that's... I don't... What is the first video? What is that one? Do you remember? It's kind of a more mellow song, that first video. And so they die at the end of it, and then they go to heaven. And the second video where they're in heaven uh, is uh, End Together Now with Method Man. Right. Is it like right? rearranged? Lint Biscuit? Oh, yeah. It's re... Video. Uh, I don't know if it's rearranged. Trial. It might be. It might be rearranged. Yeah, it might be rearranged. So, um, I you know I know that video really well, and I know the whole like Limp Bizkit caused these riots at Woodstock. I know that. I remember. I remember that a little bit. But this documentary really kind of obviously paints the whole picture. And man, I did not have really that much of an awareness. But like, it's just weird. I mean, the documentary has a lot of points that it makes, and I I disagree with some of them. I think some of them are a little bit overblown. Right. They just say weird things. I don't know. Um, some some of the some of the woke commentary is a little bit much. Like there's a guy who's basically like, you know, he says something like, "America is a is is the country that really has a problem. America is especially bad when it comes to imposing the idea, the older ideals, on the younger generation." And I'm like. I think that's pretty prevalent in a lot of other countries in a much worse way. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and it was just a lot of weird commentary like that. It, it was just, it, some of it rubbed me the wrong way. But anyway, what is, I think, probably undoubtedly true is like they make a big part of this documentary about the fact that the organizers seem to try to uh, make more money from it and monetize things more. And it caused a lot of the problems like, you know, uh, not having a lot of free drinking water and making the water that you have to purchase really expensive right. and not having enough, uh, shower places for people. And, uh, it's, 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 it, I get, I guess a big part of the problems at Woodstock 99 that led to the riots and the fires and everything was people kind of being super frustrated and having a bad time and, it's weird, it's because it's because when I say this, it sounds like cognitively, like you know, Chuck and Brad were there. We're like, we're mad that we don't have water. We're right. mad that we're right. dirty. Let's let's burn this place down. Yep. I don't think it was like cognitive, like a decision. I think it was more like people were just super frustrated, and the weekend was like boiling over, and there was all this aggressive music um, on top of like all these problems. Like the porta potties all overflowed into the mud, so people were covered in mud, but they were really covered in shit and piss. Yep. Like the shower, the public showers, you had to shower with other people of your gender. And the filthy water was like up to your knees. So if you wanted to shower, you had to get into that. Gross. People were like bathing in the drinking water. And then, like I said, the the actual water that you could buy at Booth's was like $4 a bottle in 1999. Right. And uh, they did a good way. They, they So they explained how hot it was by having Jonathan Davis of Corn talk about how he went out there. And as soon as he went backstage, he collapsed, and they had to cover him with ice and give him IVs to rehydrate him. Wow. Um, yeah. And so a guy died in the crowd. Ready for this? He pa- he he passed out from heat exhaustion. Okay. And they didn't have any uh, thermometers, 
so they thought that he passed out from a drug overdose and they gave him like the electric paddles and killed him. Wow. Yeah. Ugh. So so that was another thing is I, I think another part of it in terms of the cutting costs is that they just hired people that weren't really like basically they were saying they hired like whoever to be a security guard and they were totally unfit to be a security guard. Right, right. You know? Um and uh, I guess the whole thing was a disaster, and and I guess it's weird. Like a, a big part of the culprit of that was was the guys trying to make more money. I guess that's how they paint it. Yeah. I mean, I, they definitely did try to make more money, but that's a big part of it. Another part they were kind of talking about the idea that it was like aggressive music and stuff like that. And I have a I have a tough time with like figuring that stuff out. Like if someone says like, oh, you know, Columbine was partly caused by those kids playing video games. Like, do you support that? What do you think? I remember, oh boy, one one of the shootings, and I don't remember yeah. what, maybe Virginia Tech. Yeah. I remember reading a guy wrote an essay and it was like, I am the perfect candidate to, or I, I was the perfect candidate to become a school shooter. Like my dad abused me and we had guns in the house and I had easy access and, you know, I didn't have many friends, this, that, and the other. And he's like, but yeah. you know what the one difference was? I never played violent video games. And I'm like, man, I feel like there are a lot of people who 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 have all that and play violent video games and still don't shoot up a school. So that's like, crazy to, to to say that like physical abuse or whatever is like less likely to fuck you up than a violent video game. Right. That's fucking bananas. Yeah, it was a weird essay. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough. And I I I kind of thought they did pretty clear studies on this kind of stuff too. That kind of ruled out that kind of idea. You know, yeah, I thought so too. But uh, you know, I I don't remember. I I just feel like I don't know. Guns guns confuse me and and frighten me, and uh, in the hands of other people, and sort of in the hands of me. Yeah, weird. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so I kind of always thought that the idea of like oh a movie or a video game or music caused this person to do something terrible. I I always kind of think that that's a weird stance. I always, I never yeah. really bought that. And I still feel that way, um, but they have this montage in it of Limp Biscuit coming out and playing break stuff. Yeah, and, uh, and they have all the people tearing everything down while break stuff plays. And I'm like, man, the filmmakers should have to explain that this stuff did not happen at the same time because right. I'm a hundred percent positive they edited all the stuff of people tearing stuff down to be at the same time as Fred Durst being like. Are you mad at your job? Because you got to take it out right now, like stuff like that. Yeah. Honestly, it's almost like Stone Cold coming out and and having his storyline in wrestling be that he hates his boss, and it's a metaphor for how people hate their bosses. I will say, like, yeah, this guy shot his boss because Stone Cold stuns Vince McMahon. Well, I didn't. I didn't shoot my boss. I did. I did say, Stun. "Hey, boss, let's share a beer," and I clinked our beers together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we clinked our beers together. Ah, he stuns you before, yeah. before ah. you get <laughs> Oh my god, you turned the tables I, um, he, he rock bottomed me instead That's hilarious um, But yeah, so I always think that's weird they, they edited it to be like, oh look at this stuff that's happening And Fred Durst is basically like They kind of edited it like Fred Durst is commanding them to tear down things And they're doing it Right But I know as a filmmaker that footage is from all of the riot stuff, and it definitely was not all happening at that time. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of manipulative, the way that they edit it. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it really was crazy. People were nuts. I mean, it's weird because like, there's some kind of thing where, like, yes, I guess uh, you know you want to get to the bottom of things, but like a lot of times, I think adults are just kind of responsible for their own actions. I mean, I, you think I, about like, I tend to agree. It's weird because you think about something like the Dark Knight shooting. And that guy might be like an insane person. Yes. Which is kind of like that's that's a, one specific person, you know, who's crazy and that affects how they act uh, violently. But in terms of a crowd of that many thousands of people, like those people are kind of just responsible for their own actions. They're not all crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's They're weird. Just I, you probably know, you, frustrated. Yeah. You think about like mob mentality and mob psychology, and I I think the same arguments. About you know did it sucks because did Limp Biscuit incite Woodstock '99 and did our former president incite January 6th? Like those, yes, right. Those are probably similar well, little, similar arguments. You know, it's it's probably not though. I, I know S- similar similar but not the same. Well, you want to hear why it's not the same? Yes, is because uh, Trump. Oh my God! By the way, I'm on the Triborough Bridge and like there's a car like breaking down in front of me. And everyone's just speeding past like, me. Like emotionally? Is this car pushing this other car? It's a car pushing another car. Wow. Uh, yeah, it is. Wow. It's a car pushing another car. Holy shit. Get a pu- wow, something is up with those two cars. Well, push the push the second car. Just get a whole big thing. I think on the thing. George Washington Bridge. Is that the same car? Just is get that a, the same bridge? an automotive centipede going. Yeah. <laughs> an automotive, <laughs> automotive centipede. It's just not as gross. That's why I like it. Yeah. That's a that's a Fast and Furious spinoff is an automotive centipede. Um, so, what I was gonna say is it's different because they're like you know react that you're mad about this specific thing for this person, and I think that that actually is a big part of it. Is when Limp Bizkit comes out and they're like, "Here's break stuff. We play this song three hundred nights a year. Right? It came out." Four years ago, so we've played it at twelve hundred concerts, and it's about nothing specific. You know, that's yeah. why you can't relate it to something like a political party rioting for their own fucking yeah. viewpoint. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's too different to think about. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really it was a but but I really liked the documentary. I think it was just kind of fun. It's it's weird because like. Uh, you know, I think that you might feel the same way. I'm not sure. Right. I feel a little bit weird enjoying true crime stuff because, because it it's seems true. Like it's like, well, no, because you're kind of like enjoying the story of someone's murder. Yeah. Like if there was a, like I'll put it this way, if there was a if if you get murdered next week, you know, by Jason Voorhees because you made that claim at the beginning of the podcast that that's who you'd prefer murdering you. Absolutely. Um, and there was like an HBO show about your murder and everyone's like oh i love this show oh it's the best it's the best oh the next one is where he gets murdered the next one's where he's gonna get murdered like isn't there something weird about that kind of a little bit yeah oh my god there's a lot of people kind of slowing down and doing stuff around this area paramus new jersey um anyway i feel a little bit weird with that stuff which is why i think but here's the thing is like I still think those documentaries are really compelling. Okay. You know, from a storytelling standpoint. Um, so I, I'm very conflicted about enjoying them, but also feeling like guilty about that, which I think is why I like the McDonald's one so much. The one about the McMillions, right. the Monopoly. Right. Because it wasn't about 
uh, then this person's head was stabbed and this guy was raped and this person. Like the Golden State Killer documentary um, from uh, Michelle McNamara, like her her book and the writing of her book and the whole story about that guy. Yes. They had all the victims in it and it was like a little bit too dark for me to enjoy. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I still haven't watched it. It's still on my uh, HBO Max, you know, to watch I mean, I, I... Maybe I'll finish it at some point, but it was it's the real victims. Yeah. And they tell the stories of their rapes and all this stuff. Yeah. And they're crying. And it's like I'm like, this is too it's kind of too dark for me. No, thank you. Um Yeah. It, and it, I guess that there's a little bit of distance too, if like let's say someone's telling a story about something that happened fifty years ago and it's none of the people and they're telling you the facts of the case and they're trying to solve it. It just seems different than when it's the actual victims reliving it and kind of breaking down and stuff like that. Right. But anyway, I think Woodstock 99 is the kind of the same thing where it's like it's a little bit less uh, dark than this guy raped 70 women yeah. or this guy killed 20 these people, like all these different things. Like it's a little bit like less dark than like the victims freaking out. But it does have those deep moments that are really upsetting it does have some of that stuff too so it's like you know but it, it's they, they made a really good documentary I, l- I like the way it's put together i think it's put together really well i just don't agree with all the talking heads and their little bullshit comments there's just a couple of things that really rub me the wrong way i and, and, and don't quote me on this but i believe that they were like they're talking about uh trl remember total request live with i Carson do daily i do yeah and they're like Total TRL was playing, uh, you know, every day they were playing Backstreet Boys um, and Britney Spears next to Corn and Limp Bizkit. And people were voting on their videos and they're playing them back to back with this and this. And they knew they were playing with fire. And I'm like, I, I get the idea because what they're really kind of painting a picture of is the idea that MTV used to re- represent counterculture more. Right. And things like the Headbangers Ball and stuff like that. Oh, I loved it. Um, and... And now they they kind of said it felt like people that were like metalheads like Brad and Brent, yep, Roar, um, were having MTV like handed to their little sister, you know what I mean, and taken over by that. Right. I get that, but like, can we really paint that as playing with fire? And also, like, no, wasn't Madonna a big part of the beginning of MTV? Like, weren't they always kind of pop focused yeah. as well? I uh, it's it's weird. I, I was just reading the other because MTV just celebrated their 40th anniversary. Yeah, um, wow. Because they started August 1st, 1981. Of course, video killed yeah. the radio star, famously the first video. But there was a, yeah. a, a VJ who was on, you know, like kind of in the mid 80s. And they said, you know, mm-hmm. it was so fun when we started. And then as we got more popular, when we went from like being in 2 million houses, which is when they start, mm-hmm. like we hit this mm-hmm. milestone of being in, I don't know if it was 20 million or 40 million houses or whatever. And we had to tone right. everything down. It's like, you know, I would do my intros or my outros. And, uh, you know, like the, the, the camera guy or the director is loving it. He's like, oh, that was so great. But you said pubic hair and that we, we can't, we can't use that. So we're going to have to redo yeah. it. And, right. uh, and so really the idea of MTV representing the counterculture slowly faded, uh, through the years. Right. And, uh, by 99, the idea of TRL, which, uh, do you remember the, 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 the Tom Green recorded the, the bum bum song? Yeah. And uh, one day they put it at number one or number two or whatever, just kind of as a joke. And they had yeah. already recorded the next day, but so many people called in to request the Bum Bum song that it like literally became their number one song. 
but they had already recorded oh, wow, because yeah. because TRL was you know not legit. So right. Um, I, I just is I, that true? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm 99 sure that's true. Next, I thought TRL was legit. When we see Carson Daly, we'll ask him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would love to. See, it's it's funny because for me, like we talk about, you know, my band Senior Discount, where you know a, a punk band slash pop punk band, whatever you want to call us. Um, we've done a ton of interviews. I've done a ton of interviews with people, right. and they talk about where my musical influences came from. And you know, you personally know that I'm kind of all over the place in terms of what I like. You know, I like Leftover Crack and the Suicide Machines and Rancid and No Effects and the but I also monks. love yeah. I also love the Chipmunks and Blink-182 and Green Day and soundtracks and a Goofy movie soundtrack and, and all these different like show tunes. And um, I specifically talk about TRL. And I'm like, you know, I think that was part of what made me feel like all this music was just a, a part of a landscape where I can like Hit Me Baby One More Time and Freak on a Leash and all these different songs. I think I grew up in a time where that was all presented as like, well, this is a pop act and right. this is a rock band and this is this. And that's and here's the thing, that's what's true. That's what's true is there's all different types of music and they're all popular with different people and they all have their own following and it all coexists and real artists uh, respect and understand that and can appreciate that, which is why you can have, what did Trent Reznor just write? What did he just work on? Oh. Didn't he just work on something crazy mainstream like Soul? Yes. So, uh, something. Does that sound right? That's why you can have Trent Reznor singing I Want to Fuck You Like an Animal in Nine Inch Nails right. 20 years ago, and now he's making music for Pixar. Is because the art of writing music transcends genre. Um, and it's just, a you know, you pick what you like, and you gravitate towards what you like. And for me... I love pop music, but I love fast riffs and I love uh, thrashy stuff as well. And I guess I, I always looked at TRL as a very positive thing in terms of blending all that stuff. So I didn't grow up as one of those people that's like, I like metal and nothing else. Right. I like I like punk rock and nothing else. Or like I like Britney Spears and corn is gross. They look sweaty. Like I never I never had any of the I like this and I don't like this. I was just like genre never affected whether I like something. I always gave everything a chance and felt like everything was kind of equal. But in this, they really painted it as a negative. And I think that some of it made sense because they were kind of using it to introduce why the crowd was angry about at MTV while they were there. And they had Dexter Holland from The Offspring come out and they had four, five blow-up dolls as in sync. And he took a baseball bat and he, and he was like hitting the blow-up dolls. Wow. Yeah, so it was really weird. But I mean, I guess the idea is kind of an exploration of the of this. I wish. I, here's what I wish. Okay. I wish they made it clearer that this documentary is basically like, what was the cause of this? Let's think about all the possible causes and everything that contributed, and let's just discuss it all together, and kind of just bring them up and be like, huh, interesting. And, but it was kind of presented as as more of like, this was a cause. This was a cause. Right. This was a cause. Yeah. Not like this person thinks this was a cause. This person thinks this was a cause. This person, you know, it was a little bit more uh, uh, heavy-handed in terms of like, you know, like upper-class middle white guys are pieces of shit and yeah. Fred Durst is a dickhead and he wanted everyone <laughs> to burn down Woodstock. And I'm like, I don't know that he did. I think that Fred Durst 
came out and probably did the same show he did for five years before that. Right. He probably performed Break Stuff the exact same way he did the thousand times he's played Break Stuff before that. You know, Limp Bizkit, one of the, someone came out from Limp Bizkit, and they were, like, flicking off the crowd when they walked out as they were playing a riff or something. Right. And they're like, look at how Limp Bizkit came out, and this is the energy that they made, that they gave the crowd. And I'm like, fuck you. This heavy, like, rock slash rap act flicking off the crowd is 100% normal for probably even now, but definitely for that time period. This was not specific to Woodstock right. or, wow, this is a big statement. I bet Miley Cyrus flicks off the crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's not a big deal. Well, I think um, about, yeah, you know, so when, I, when we see Green Day, you know, is Billy yeah. Joe going to gonna refer to us as MFers? Yes. Exactly. That's exactly the same. And you know yes. what? I'm tearing down the green monster. Take that, Fenway. <laughs> hey, what the fuck was that about? <laughs> Billy. How Billy. dare you? <laughs> You're pissed about it. Yeah. I mean, and then and then they have the thing where all the people are setting fire everywhere, which was so crazy. Like yep. the shots of the crowd with all the fires is so fucking like frightening. And uh they're like, yeah, we asked Anthony Kiedis from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers to tell them to chill out. And he went out and he just told the band to play fire. So they just played this super crazy version of fire with Flea's dick bouncing everywhere. His light bulb was His out. His light bulb was out, <laughs> that's, yeah. what they, that's what they said in the documentary. I swear to God. I'll bet you my life savings he said that. That's the subtitle um, of the documentary. Woodstock 99, <laughs> Flea's light bulb was out. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> I think calling your dick a light bulb is so funny. Oh, that's so funny. I wish you could see the anyway. smug look I have on my face right now for making a joke that landed that that well. Oh, that's so funny. Um, but uh <laughs> his light bulb was out. So uh anyway, um yeah, they so they just plays they just play fire like super thrashy instead of telling the crowd to calm down. Right. And I'm like, oh, it's hard to stand in support of that. You know what I mean? Like maybe they right. <laughs> should have told everyone to calm down. But it's a great documentary. I recommend everyone watch it. I really think it was well put together. It's just some of the stuff they said was a little bit uh, annoying. Nice. Um, but uh, really well done. And man, do the organizers come off looking bad and looking like uh, bastards. They say something like. Because I guess there was a lot of sexual assaults and and rapes at Woodstock, right? Right. And the guy and like there's a lot of footage of women like taking their boobs out, and then people just groping them. And regardless of the if the fact that, that like you know the girl might be laughing at the time or whatever, like that's still a sexual assault, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And the organizers, which they did the document, they did this interview right now for this documentary, were like. Yeah, you know, if they weren't naked, uh, this stuff probably wouldn't have happened. And I'm like, how are you, can you say that? How can you say that in 2021? I don't know. Like, and you want to be, you're going to be recorded. It's crazy that they said that. Right. Um, but, uh, oh, fuck, did I miss the turn? That bitch. That was a tough turn, you fucker. Ah, uh, fuck. Anyway, yep. missed, a, missed a tough turn. That's all. And so I gathered. Ooh, shit. Should I put it back up here? This is going to be pretty hairy. Um, but uh, what's it called? Ooh, let another car push you. Uh, man, this is a little scary. It's a little, I'm doing something that's not good, but I don't know what to do. 
Um, hitting something. Hitting something. All right, I'm hitting something. I gotta go. But uh, what are you doing? You can't go this way. Sorry, I have to cut this out. No, we're um, we're leaving this in. We want we want authenticity that you are in a car. So there's two there's two uh, ways to go, um, and one of the exits is closed to the right. Ah. So uh, people are like, I'm stopped in front of the exit that's closed, uh-huh. and someone's beeping at me like I should go, but right. I'm like, they, I think they can't see that the exit is actually blocked off. But right. Anyway, whatever. I'll have to turn around. Not a big yeah. deal. Um, yeah, I definitely I recommend that everyone watches it. It's it's really interesting and really well done, and it just kind of paints a really weirdly dark picture of this thing that is you know mostly like accurate, right? Um, but that I think you probably wouldn't have gotten a clear view of at the time because you know this kind of stuff probably wasn't really happening. Yeah, but, and, and um, because of like access. in terms of this kind of documentary right. project, yeah, what? yeah, because yeah, of access. yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, and it's interesting. It's in. It was interesting that at the end they're like they're like seven months later, Lollapalooza happened. Their water was free. They brought in this much money to where they were, and Woodstock did this. And I'm like, why are we? Yeah, like you know what I mean. It just seemed weird. But but maybe they're right. Maybe Lollapalooza is like, oh, we figured out how to do it, and we're going to be uh, really audience conscious, and we're going to make sure that all these things go well. And, right. Uh, so it's interesting. But man, the Woodstock, uh, I haven't seen any comments from the people that organized Woodstock because I'm sure that those are people that like own the rights to it or something. Yeah. And they got to be pissed about this doc. Uh, just you, wait you until think. Chuck and Bradstock next year. Oh, Chuck and Bradstock would be so crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do not eat the Cheetos. <laughs> there are bad Cheetos. <laughs> what a weird they're, reference. They I won't call, make right? you sick, but they're flaming hot. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, that's funny. That's a great pull on your part. That's that's teamwork. That's the Chuck and Brad magic. That was really funny. That's great. But yeah, so um, that's it, man. You know, I mean, besides that, what's going on? I, you know, I spent a ton of time working on a new documentary for Tell Them Steve Dave. Right. Uh, You know, we we had a meet and greet for one of the people that uh, hosts uh, some of the shows on the Tell Them Steve Dave Patreon. A guy's named Frank Five. Great guy. We had a meet and greet at uh, Jan Silent Bob's Secret Stash in May, and we shot it. And it was like me, and I was directing the shoot. And then it was also uh, my buddy Victor, my buddy Rupert. They were two of the other shooters just shooting stuff, and we just shot all day. Cause yeah. it, we didn't really know like you know how this was going to end up or how it was going to be structured. So we shot the whole meet and greet. We got testimonials from all our guys, testimonials from a ton of the fans and different things. And... um. It was just a really, really tough edit. Like instead of the normal like thirty to thirty-five hours of uh, editing that goes into a Tell Em Day video, this was like I'm, I'm not kidding. Sixty plus hours went into this edit. Wow! And it really surprised me and took me by. You know, I, I really didn't believe. I didn't expect that. So for like, um, I'd say like four or five days in a row last week, I was just working in my office until like five or six in the morning on uh, the Frank Five Day documentary. But it was released today, Tuesday the 3rd, and uh, people are really loving it. People uh, seem like they're really flipping out. Frank actually watched it, and he called me yesterday, and he's like, 
listen, I know I usually text you about this stuff, but I had to call you. I was flipping out about this. This was this, like this came out amazing, and uh, you know, everyone's really liking it. So all the work and all the uh, all those hours, I think, are really worth it because people nice. are enjoying it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't signed up for the Tell Them Steve Dave Patreon, if you like those guys, you know, Walt and Brian and Quinn, and Tell Them Steve Dave, go give the Patreon a shot. Patreon.com slash TESD. That's what pays my bills. That's where I do my uh, most of my directing and editing. And uh, man, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. But um, great video. I'm really happy with the way it turned out and people seem to really like it. So that's really cool. Feels good. Feels good, especially after so much work into a video like this. I hear you. You know. Nice. That's it, man. I think we're all caught up. You know, yeah. we've been doing some kooky episodes recently. A lot of people are really enjoying them. They're a lot, of, like I said, people enjoyed the IP mashup one. People enjoyed the mail sack episode. So we're we're kind of caught up now. Yeah, you know, I, next think, week's uh, episode I think I we'll think next week's episode back to uh, current stuff. I will be on the wind, uh, the wing of a plane, and Chuck will be <laughs> in a library in uh, <laughs> South Africa. <laughs> I think I th- actually think this is going to sound pretty good for being recorded in, in a car on a highway. I hope so, man. Yeah, I hope so too, buddy. All right. Well, well I hope things are going well for you. I will be home in uh, 36 hours to pick your ass up, and we'll go see uh, the Hella Mega Tour at Fenway Park. Yeah. It's going to be a big deal. All right, man. so I'm going to wear really an in- interrupter's cap. Uh, I have a Green Day shirt. I have uh, Weezer sweatpants and uh, Fallout Boy <laughs> flip flops that I'm going to wear. Oh, it's a lot of clothes. It's going to be hot. Well, they're flip flops. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, folks, it's been fun. Folks out there, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, whether you're a, yes. a, a chuby for life or you're new to the party, we, uh, we're we glad you're here. We're glad you uh, got to partake. Uh, if you have questions, Hell comments, yeah. concerns, or otherwise, send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. We yes. will read it. We will laugh about you behind your back, and then we will answer it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. That's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces. I've never been so sick, so tired, so easy and hopeless, cornered, different and alone. I'm ready to say, hey, God, let's go with quits. I guess this one just didn't work out. Thank God I'll be jumped. And I'll never be the diamond that I thought I'd be involved. Disappointed me so much. What's the point? No one shop anymore. Whoa, 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 whoa. Take a good look around. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just take a good look around. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's nothing left to fight whoa, for. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's nothing left to go. Whoa, whoa. In a world where the odds are stacked in red, I'm out of your favor. But still in your face, in your eyes, in your ears, in your life, in your death, I say, why wait? Let's go down tonight! Laughing, dancing, but most importantly, fighting The way of this world is too much, it's too big, we can't beat it Let's admit defeat Take a good look around Just take a good look around There's nothing left to fight for There's nothing left, oh no, no Nothing's left. Nothing's left. Nothing's left. Nothing's left. Nothing's left. Nothing's left. Nothing's left.